Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends, to the Thursday edition of Bolson Early's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you would like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And it is an exceptionally busy news day as we prepare to head into the Mother's Day weekend. Donald Trump on CNN. There has been a complete meltdown all day long over Donald Trump and several remarks he made on the CNN town hall. There was something of an insurrection, I suppose, at CNN this morning with the guy that runs the joint these days, Chris Lick, taking a lot of crap from some of the employees, and he had to remind them that whether they like it or not, Donald Trump's not going away. I know what it's like to get an insurrection. I have an insurrection on my hands, myself. I, as the sole executive producer, producer, executive or at least the top one of this program, typically assign stories to some of our contributors. Today, I was unceremoniously told minutes before the show began that one of our contributors was not, absolutely not, going to do a story that was assigned to him. It is beneath his dignity how dare I suggest that he should do it? It's illegal. It is not oh, illegal. It's, illegal. it's obscene. It's meant to titillate. It is a violation of FCC law. And I am not getting involved in this story. This story is in the newspaper. Newspaper in England isn't, isn't governed by FCC regulations. Well, can you at least read the headlines so the people know what story you're talking about? Man 30 dies with ping pong ball up his bum after being electrocuted while pleasuring himself. Okay. I mean, it's a legitimate news story. Well, you can put it in your newsletter. Put it in the dailyps.com and everybody can enjoy on their own time. Scott. I am not reading the story. Okay. All right. So what I mean, folks? Insurrection. At least read the headline. Hold on. Matt is in the room. Let's ask Matt. I don't think Matt is Matt still in there. Matt, is, yep, is I'm here. Matt? I'm still in here. Okay. What's up? Did you did you hear the headline? No, I don't. No, Matt did not hear. I didn't. Okay, I did on. not. Go ahead. Right, Re-explain to Matt what's going on. Matt, I have an insurrection on my hands. Oh boy, Jeez. I have assigned a news story, a legitimate, obscene, indecent may, FCC violating may, news story. Let, let him fin- let the man finish. Hold on. Thank you. May I finish? There please? you go. Come on. I have assigned a news story. To a contributing member of the program. Okay. He informs me that he will not do said news story because it is a v- all sorts of reasons that I don't quite understand. Okay. 
including that it's somehow illegal. So I'm going to ask him to read you, Matt. You are the program director of WABC. I'm going to ask him to read you the story and for you to clear it. Okay, if I take you this, choose to. Uh, absolutely, I take it this is Scott that is going to read this. Is, this would be Scott. Okay. Okay, Scott, would you please advise Matt as to what the headline of the story is? Man 30 dies with ping pong ball up his bum after being electrocuted while pleasuring himself. What? That's made up. That's from The Onion. No, it's not. He's... This is a story. It, it prints out to four pages. It is in the Daily Mail. It happened in the Czech Republic. Oh, my gosh. That cannot, no. No, no, now, I don't think it's illegal or anything. That's, that is a strange way to go, story. though. <laughs> that is, I mean, if you want to be unique, that's, a, that's one way to go right there. What was it? Ping pong ball in the, the you know inside of him and uh, electrocution, pleasuring himself. That's what the story is. That is strange. I We're going to do the Scott. We'll, we'll, somebody's going to do the story on Saturday. It will either be Scott or Avery. <laughs> oh, or we got to be Avery. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Yeah, let's take on that one. Scott is absolutely refusing to have any parts of this story. Oh, this sounds like right up Avery's alley, quite honestly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> The strange but true. Yes, which is why it's relevant to news. The only reason that a story of that insignificance would be ready for news. Now, do we have, Philip, do we have the the cut that I asked for for Donald Trump and Miss Carol? Response. Okay, so last night, one of the things that took place at the town hall. Wait a minute. Debbie, what do you mean it's a vile story? I get people in a... It is a news story, Debbie. It is not. It is so. People are so judgmental. They haven't even heard the story. Just the headline. Okay. So one of the things last night that happened was that Donald Trump was asked about this this rape case in New York, where, by the way, he was found not to have raped E. Jean Carroll. That gets lost in the discussion of it. But this is how, oh, before I do that, let me interrupt myself again. Those of you that are waiting patiently to hear what's going on at the nation's border, at 4.30 we will have Todd Benzman, Center for Immigration Studies, on with us. He is probably America's foremost journalist on the immigration issue. At the moment, he, is, he does amazing work. He is uh, constantly at the borders and also at the southern borders of Mexico. He has been documenting what's been going on there for the past year and a half, two years, and he will join us at 4.30. Today is the day that when the clock strikes midnight, that Title 42 will be no more. Okay, so back to Ms. Carroll. This is what it sounded like at CNN's town hall. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old. And this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, so we had this great chemistry. And a few minutes later, we end up in a, 
a room, a dressing room, a book of Goodman, right near the cash register. And then she found out there were locks on the door. So she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings him up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was, he was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Johnson. Mr. President, can I... Okay, that has not gone over well, ladies and gentlemen. Now, how much do you all really know about E. Jean Carroll? Philip, turn on your mic, please. I can't hear you. Hey. Now, hey. 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 hey, I got a radio voice. Hey. (laughs) Um, Hey. Uh, Philip, how much do you know about this uh, woman, E. Jean Carroll? Everything. Every single thing I know to her is linked to this uh, single case. Okay. Do you know whether she has accused other men in the past of um, allegations of uh, sexual nature? Uh, Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Thank you. Um, who is the young lady that's with us this afternoon? Oh, uh, this is uh, one of trainees, Ava, in here. Hello, trainee Ava. Ava's a trainee. Ava, part of training for this program means you also have to talk. You have to go on the air. And so this is your trial by baptism. All right. Fire. What's All right. That? All right. How much do you know about E. Jean Carroll, Ava? I know nothing. <laughs> nothing at all nothing. about her. You do know that she did accuse President, ex-president, former President Donald Trump of having unwanted relations with her. I do. Okay. So you know something. But that's about <laughs> it. That's about it, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Very good. You did your first. Your, very good. Matt, how much do you know about this woman? I know it was about as much as uh, Mr. Philip over here. Uh, and also, I, one of the thing, I, I do know her name is Jean Carroll. I don't know what her first Is that her first name? Like E. Jean? No, her first name is, she gave her first name Elizabeth to herself. That was oh. not her first name. Oh, okay. And the E stands for Elizabeth, which isn't really her name. But she made it her name. Yeah, see, I, people with three names are kind of, I, I just, you know, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Like, Hold on. Yeah, okay. Hey, Hold. Hold. you got more than two names, you're in trouble with Matt. There you go. Not on my good mm-hmm. list. Not on my list. Um, you're a serial killer. The Stop. John Wayne Gacy. That's or an right. assassin. And this is the guy that won't read a story, a simple news story in the Daily Mail. True. Scott. True. Now, now Scott. My comments are not meant to titillate or be obscene as per the I'm not the trying FCC to titillate code. anybody with a news story. It, I'm trying to report things that are going on in the news. So you promise you're not going to laugh. Avery's not going to laugh. You're not going to make any jokes. What does laughing have to do with stories in the uh, news? We laugh all the time. I, I have a question. Is this guy in this story, does he have three names? Because it sounds like he would have three names, this guy. You know, that's a great question. Right. I, mean, I don't know. Let's, let's, we'll find out. Scott, right. be, Scott, before I asked you to research it, which you did without committing insurrection, and you found out. What did you know about E. Jean Carroll? Well, I didn't even know her name. I didn't even know her. You had to tell me who she was because I didn't know the name of the person that was accusing Trump. Okay. Now, I'd like all of you who know very little about E. Jean Carroll, who brought this charge up, to listen to several quick items before we have to go. And those of you in the audience who, along with our crew here, didn't know much about E. Jean Carroll because it hasn't been widely reported let us delve into the life of Miss Carol, shall we? This story is from <clears throat> an outfit called Vulture.com. Vulture. Vulture.com. Les Moonves accused of sexual assault by writer E. Jean Carroll. 
story goes back to 2019. Among several allegations that appear in her new book, What Do We Need Men For? A Modest Proposal. The writer E. Jean Carroll claims that Les Moonves tried to sexually assault her. As detailed in the upcoming New York cover story, Carol says she was working on an article for Moonves. Now, do you all know who, who Moonves is, Les Moonves? No, he used to be the head of CBS. Very powerful guy. I do. Wasn't he married to that woman on The View? Or not The View, The Talk, The Chew, something like that? I, I don't d- know who he was married I, to. I, I digress. I'm, sorry. I'm not adding anything show. to this. I'm not adding anything. Go ahead, James. Oh, you're adding fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, his wife matters. <laughs> wives matter. They do. Thus. You're right. Mothers matter as well. Mother's Day's and coming wives up. Wives matter. Happy Mother's but Day, I Mom. Yeah, I don't know who he was married to. All I know is that E. Jean Carroll accused the former head of the Viacom Empire, CBS Empire. She accused him of having sexually assaulted her. Now, she says that Les Moonves, this very powerful man, followed her into an elevator. And he cornered her. He steps into the elevator behind me, and his pants bursting with demands, she says, goes at me like an octopus. I don't know how many apertures and openings you process, reader, but Moonves, with his arms squirming and poking and goosing and scooping and pricking and potting and jabbing, is looking for fissures I don't even know I own. And so she accuses the head of Viacom, former head of CBS, of going after her with his pants bursting with demands. Now, ladies and gentlemen of this esteemed radio program, let us turn to the publication Vanity Fair. Here's an article also from 2019. How has E. Jean Carroll's life been since accusing Donald Trump Fabulous. Buoyant. And they talk about her. For the past 26 years, Carol has served as a columnist for Elle magazine, blah, 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 blah. Her writings include the 1993 biography, Hunter, that would not be Hunter Biden, The Strange and Savage Life of Hunter S. Thompson, a dive into the world of NBA groupies. She did that for Esquire. And a piece for Spin that charged the string of murders and accidental deaths within a group of cheerleaders. Now, here's the description of our esteemed author, writer, E. Jean Carroll. The E in E. Jean Carroll stands for Elizabeth, a name she gave herself after growing up as Betty Jean. She did not like Betty Jean, you see, so she changed the name to Elizabeth. Has much more of a ring to it, doesn't it? Brilliant. Elizabeth. Okay. Lisbeth, for short. Hello, Lisbeth. All right. So, I want you to please pay attention here because this is where we get to the nature. Okay. E. Jean 
Carol, lives in a cabin she calls the Mouse House. Surrounded by trees with trunks, she's painted a striking shade of pale blue. So she paints the trees around her pale blue in her mouse house. When she embarks on her road trip in a Prius named Ms. Bingley, she leaves behind her cat, Vagina T. Fireball, but takes her now-departed poodle, Lewis Carroll, whose pompadour was also dyed blue. So here you have a woman who dyes her dog blue, who dyes the trees around her, paints them blue. She lives in a house that she calls the Mouse House. And when she embarks on a trip in her Prius, she takes, she leaves behind her cat. What is her cat's name? The cat's name is Vagina T. Fireball. Now, we'll get to a break after this. Carol's 21 hideous men include three who attempted to or succeeded in throwing her to the ground and molesting her all before she turned 15. They also include Trump, who she says forcibly penetrated her in a dressing room at Bergdorf. Les Moonves, who she says groped her following an interview for Esquire, and Roger Ailes, a former friend who joined the list when the allegations of sexual harassment broke in 2016. Her second husband, John Johnson, who allegedly strangled her, this must be the black guy that she called the ape, she says, J.J. has apologized four or five times for his past behavior. He's on that list. And then there's a vile sentence here that even I can't read. Something else he said. So you see, Miss E. Jean Carroll has spent her life being sexually abused by men. Powerful men have either raped her, have either sexually assaulted her, I mean, she got three biggies, Donald Trump, Les Moonves, and after people started naming Roger Ailes, then she named Roger Ailes as another one. She was attacked when she was young by three men. She was choked by her husband. And then there's 21 of these men that she makes accusations against, 21. That would be E. Jean Carroll. My question to you it's why had you heard none of this, including about her cat, Vagina T. Fireball, during the trial. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, coming back. Do not go away. Vagina T. Fireball. Let's move back. Roger. L. Donald. 
Trump. My ex-husband. Those three boys who threw me to the ground. This woman. Wow. What a life. The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush on 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, rush. Or anxious. Realize this, it's okay not to be okay. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and 77 WABC is here to remind you. Taking care of your mental health is just as important as taking care of your physical health. Join us throughout the month as we share tips, insights, and personal stories to help break the stigma surrounding mental health. Listen for resources, support, and remember, you are not alone. Let's prioritize our mental health here together for a special edition 77 WABC Mental Health Awareness Month t-shirt. Go to wabcradio.com slash cares we're going to be giving away tickets later on in the hour we've got Todd Benzman coming up right now we're going to take a quick telephone call let's go to Howard in Boca Raton in the sixth borough of New York which is uh, Palm Beach County Florida Howard, how are you? The whole South Florida is sick, Borough. But anyways, I, I heard on one of the morning shows that from Joe Dacapina said that the, there was a uh, Law and Order episode 11 years ago that actually depicted everything that she said happened to her that he brought up in his closing arguments. I don't know if anyone's ever realized that or discussed it, but I just find this case so ridiculous. It's absurd that this person, that Trump was found guilty for something like this, and not guilty or liable, whatever, for something that's totally absurd. Hmm. Now, you know, in this day and age, we're not to ever say that a woman's claims are absurd. We do know from the history that we have that Donald Trump has not been the only one that she is accused of sexual malfeasance. Odd it is that so many of these incidents seem to find their way to her. But, after all, we're not supposed to question. That's what Me Too is all about. Ralph in Queens, you're up next on WABC. How are you? Uh, Good afternoon. My question is, the woman who allegedly accused uh, uh, the the woman who said that Trump allegedly raped her in the uh, department store. Why yes, didn't she yes. go immediately to the 
to the police or even the hospital. She might have uh, some bleeding down there, or they could see uh, get some sperm sample. What? Why didn't she go immediately to the NYPD? Now, I am tempted to be frivolous with you and just say, come on, we're not supposed to ask those kind of questions and a frivolous nature. But I'm going to tell you the truth, and this is God's honest truth. There are a lot of women who are raped who do not report it at the time. They are traumatized. And I think men, we men should be very, very careful about that particular allegation that we make. Now, one wonders, and I've also raised the question, it's just amazing with the timing that it comes up all these decades later at a moment when when it seems to be used to politically attack Donald Trump. And okay, that's real. But at the same time, we should not discount. I know women that have been raped. And let me tell you something. This is a terrible thing. It is a terrible thing that stays with them for the rest of their lives. Even women that claim that they are over it, that they've gotten over it, no one can get over that kind of trauma completely. So I don't think that we, I think we need to be very careful with that, why didn't you go to the police immediately? Why didn't you do this immediately? Unless you're, men have been raped, but it is not as, it is not as often in our societies throughout the world as women suffer from that crime. And it is a crime of violence, and it is a crime that is traumatizing. And so I think we need to be careful with that one. And I'll leave it there. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, WABC, coming back. We're going to talk border. Todd Benzman, more of your calls coming up, 800-848-WABC. Do not go away. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly on 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. All the leaves are brown. And the sky is gray. I've been to the California dreaming mamas and papas bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77 with us. One of America's premier journalists, Todd Benzman. Todd is with the Center for Immigration Studies. But if you are a purveyor of the news, you will find articles by Todd Benzman in all sorts of publications, from the Daily Mail, the New York Post. I've seen his articles even in some of the mainstream media publications. I am shocked constantly that this man has not won a Pulitzer Prize for his, major, for, his, for his amazing work, and he certainly deserves one, in my view. Todd, welcome. How are you? I'm great. I uh, just want to do that. Then they have to decide 
uh, is this case going to be presented to a grand jury? And I can assure you that a case like this must be presented to a grand jury. And then they determine what witnesses will be presented. The defense in this case has some choices to make also. They have to decide whether they want their client to testify in the grand jury. They have to decide whether they want to ask the district attorney to ask the grand jury to call certain witnesses to the grand jury. Um, and then the case will be presented to the grand jury. There are usually 23 grand jurors that are present. Um, a majority have to determine whether there is sufficient evidence, um, probable cause, if you will, to determine whether or not charges should be uh, should be proffered. Now. That charges could be anything from determining that that what that that perhaps Mr. Penny intended to cause the death of Mr. Neely, or that he intended to harm Mr. Neely and brought about the death of Mr. Neely, or he didn't care what happened to Mr. Neely and caused his death, or perhaps he was restraining Mr. Neely and he didn't realize that he had him in a in a hole and that he had lost consciousness. He didn't realize that what was happening here, his intentions were honorable, but perhaps he, he went too far. And that could be that could result in a lesser charge of criminally negligent homicide. Now, if you just mention those things to various people, people that think he did nothing wrong would be upset at the mention of a criminally negligent homicide charge. Hmm. People that think that Mr. Neely mur murdered, uh, that Mr. Penny murdered Mr. Neely will be outraged if they hear of a lesser charge than a murder charge. But again, you have to examine all of the factors that would make someone um, culpable, responsible for, you know, a, a crime. Uh, the facts have to make out the elements of what you can charge someone with. And, of course, it, it, you know, you can charge someone with a crime, and there's also civil responsibility. But that also is a very controversial thing to say because someone obviously could be held civilly responsible but that may that would not certainly satisfy someone who believes that there's criminal responsibility here, especially if they believe it should be a murder case. Alan, what about? Uh, I hope that answers your question. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. What uh, about uh, Jordan Neely's uh, criminal record? There have been many, many arrests, right? I think uh, I've heard about forty or so assaults on people. Does that enter into the yeah, equation well, as well? Well, here's the thing. You know, everybody's talking about it, and I believe that. His, one of his last arrests was an assault on the subway of a 67-year-old woman. He was arrested. He was indicted. Um, he, his sentence was that he, was, um, he got an alternative to incarceration, and he was in a mental health program. I believe his sentence was that he had to complete a, an 18-month mental health program. And in the last few months, he stopped going to the program, and he stopped returning to court, and there was actually a warrant out for his arrest. Um, but although that is an important thing to know, in terms of what happened on the subway that day, um, his prior arrest record, whether it's 40 or 1 or, or 100, or the fact that he was out on a warrant for assaulting a 67-year-old woman, that's not something that Mr. Penny knew. So it's not necessarily relevant to his culpability because he didn't know he didn't know Mr. Neely's background. All he was aware of is what actions Mr. Neely was taking on the train. But let me just bring something up that, that I, I, again, I've heard this, I've seen it reported, although I've learned over the years, just because it, you've seen it reported doesn't mean it's accurate. 
one of the things that Mr. Neely was reported to have said was, I'm hungry, I need. I haven't had a drink, uh, I don't care what happens to me, I want to die, I don't, care. I don't care if I die, I don't care if I spend the rest of my life in prison. Well, that, especially that last statement, I don't care if I spend the rest of my life in prison, you know, someone could hear that and say, well, wait a minute, you know, what is he going to do? I mean, is, is he going to kill somebody? Is it, I mean, he, is he that desperate? I mean, that might give someone the impression that they have to take some action to restrain somebody. Now, Mr. Penny may have had the, the right to restrain someone who was threatening other passengers. The question was, is, that, is the restraint that he used appropriate or did it exceed proper standards and did it cause a death um, that because it exceeded the proper use of restraint, did it, did it become culpable behavior that could, be, could lead to his arrest and, and being charged with a crime? So is that the idea of this, this, the idea of reasonableness of Penny's actions? I, I mean, his actions are going to be reviewed to determine whether or not the actions were reasonable under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, you can in law school, we, we deal with hypotheticals all the time. Um, let me be clear. Mr. Neely did not have a weapon as far as anybody knows. But if someone is comes on the subway with a gun and then someone, you know, grabs them and holds them, the fact that they have a gun is a relevant factor, and they could perhaps use more force. They could perhaps use lethal force if someone is threatening someone with a gun or shooting them with a gun. But here he didn't have a gun. So the question is, you know, what type of threat did Mr. Neely present? And then what type of force could Mr. Penny use in order to restrain Mr. Neely if he was posing a threat to people on the subway? Now, if he wasn't posing any threat to anyone on the subway, you know, then the question is, did he, did the force that he used, was it excessive? And if it was excessive and it caused the death of somebody, then that could lead to criminal charges. What about the the rash of assaults that have taken place on trains, where many people don't travel on trains and those who do are very fearful? That's also a factor, isn't it? Given you look at the present climate, doesn't that contribute to the concern people have for their safety? Well, I mean, look, people can be concerned for their safety, but I guess, again, it always comes down to the facts in any particular set of circumstances. Um, Were Mr. Penny's actions reasonable under the circumstances? Um, Again, how was Mr. Neely, how was he behaving? Uh, Was he threatening people? Uh, was he making people feel uncomfortable? There's a difference between making people feel uncomfortable and people and threatening people. Um, and again, all of these facts have to be weighed in determining, you know, whether or not his actions were reasonable. But the fact that there's been a crime, you know, they, your United States of America will not be covered to the full extent that it should be. This is a crisis at the border of the United States of America like no other crises in our nation's history. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, we are coming back. Your calls, WABC, 
800-848-WABC is that number, 848-9222. We have ticket giveaway also. Don't go away. Rush Hour, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour will continue. The three yes, words you yes. use that I rarely hear, I hear them from you, but I don't hear from two. Oh, yeah. Right? This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. The chairman of the board, bring us back on WABC. Boy, I haven't heard this in ages. Baby. Chairman of the board, bring us back on WABC. There's an article in today's, oh, ticket giveaway. We're going to be giving away the tickets tomorrow, not today. I misspoke. So you'll definitely want to be here tomorrow. I've got the days confused. For some reason, this almost feels like a Friday, but it's not. Tomorrow's the Friday show. Going to have some ticket giveaways. And, of course, that's the big lead-up to our Saturday morning radio extravaganza where Scott is going to do a story that will interest you among other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And right. A- okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Avery's going to be here, and Derek Hunter, and Rhonda, and everybody. Rhonda reads the story. Maybe Rhonda wants to read the Rhonda's story. Rhonda's busy this week. Oh. Her kid's graduating from Hillsdale, one of her kids. So she sent us a pre-recorded Mother's Day message. Really? Yep. Because, you know, cool. Sunday's Mother's Day. I'm just surprised she did that. That's She's cool. very thoughtful. Wow. Unlike certain people. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, certain people who don't want to read news stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a story in the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. And by the way, you can get great news every day delivered right to your inbox from me, thedailybs.com, thedailybs, as in Bo Snurvy, thedailybs.com. Uh, there's a story in the Amazon Prime Washington Post about, let me just read you the headline, Texas uses aggressive tax tactics to arrest migrants as title 42 ends and they're in, they're talking about one border county where operation lone star according to the amazon prime washington post has brought charges chases and fear what is happening in kenny county texas is that local law enforcement there is doing the job that the federal government refuses to do which is arresting illegal immigrants. And the Washington Post story is, of course, designed to tug at your heartstrings. It's the poor immigrants who have no choice 
but to enter America illegally versus these awful people in Texas, these awful law enforcement people who are actually chasing them, who are actually trying to arrest them, when I suppose they should just be letting them go. You can find that story today in the Amazon Prime Washington Post. Let us go back to the telephones. Tom in Woodbridge, New Jersey, how are you? Going once, going twice, gone. Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. How are you, Andrew? The town hall last night, it was like being interviewed by a Karen, by the Central Park Karen. (laughs) The lady. (laughs) She was nasty, but to me, she was so over-the-top biased that it was actually helping Trump. It was actually, to me, it was actually comical. I was, you know, it was like a SNL skit. And I just want to say with the, uh, she was the one that was doing the lying with the um, 52 miles of wall that she kept quoting, the trick she was using, there was existing fencing or wall there, but it was decrepit, you know, where people could walk right over it, like Woodstock, you know, when they walked over the fencing. So that was the trick she was using. And there there are so many lies. The Twitter that he waited four hours on January 6th. No, they took it down. I saw it was two hours. And lastly, just one more. Georgia, there was no fraud in Georgia, Mr. Trump. Huh? No, in Georgia, they faked a water main break, kicked everyone out. Then the Democrats, the lady with the golden dreadlock, she came in and they pulled what Giuliani says like a coffin, that Saint, that uh, Count Dracula you know, they pulled out that box and they kept counting. So that there was fraud there. And there's always some level of fraud in the mail-in increase. Now, fraud. that video it, that you're talking about, by the way, the mainstream press did a fact check on it and found it wasn't so. But here's what they didn't report. After their fact check, another fact check was conducted in the Federalist. And it totally blew away the fact check that was in the mainstream media. So you are raising some very interesting points there, Andrew. Thank you so much for the call. Patricia in Brooklyn, New York, you're up next. Thank you, James. Um, this E. Jean Carroll, um, I think she's unhinged. And many years ago, I went through a, a, a kind of bad divorce. And the judge, even though, you know, it's a divorce, it's a, a civil matter ordered both sides to go through mental forensics. Why didn't they do this here? Interesting. I mean, this woman names her cat all kinds of like, disgusting names. I mean, what the hell? And then she paints trees. There's something amiss. As and here's what I find done, amiss. Patricia, you great, yeah. here's a great point. You made a great point. But they also admitted other testimony against Trump. But yet they, we've seen no testimony about, to my knowledge, that was permitted about these other accusations that Ms. Carroll has made about other people. And Donald Trump said and seemed to indicate in the town hall last night that some of the evidence that he wanted to present was not allowed to be presented. So I'm sure there are questions as legal experts will pour through this. And I hope that Donald Trump will mount an appeal of this verdict She's, by the way, Ms. Carroll is now saying that based on that, that CNN town hall last night, that she may go back to court again and attempt to sue Donald Trump yet again 
for defamation based on his remarks last night. May I just say one more thing? Yes. I'm a survivor of this, and the person who did this to me, I could never prove it. His parents are federal court judges sitting at present in downtown Manhattan. He's a lawyer. Guess what I did? It's called rough justice. Maybe I messed up his car. Maybe he never bothered me again after stalking me for almost a year. This is a psycho. So what this woman is doing, she's destroying it for women like me. We're not going to have justice because we're not going to be taken seriously. Wow. I don't know. A terrible person. And you know, you're right. You may get through the day-to-day, but it's always with you. This is over 40 years ago. There are days I sit down and cry because I remember what this guy did to me. Do you know how I survived him? I pulled out most of the hair from his head. Wow. That's the God on this truth. Also, um... Patricia, we're out of time, my darling. I'd love to hear from you again. And I thank you so much for being part of the program today. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. This hour goes by so quickly. And I have nothing but love and gratitude for you for being here each and every day for Boston Everybody's Rush Hour. And remind you that we will be here, God willing, on Saturday for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, and your loved ones. Again, thank you for being with us today. Look forward to tomorrow, God willing. Bye. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.